Hi friends, it's Taylor at Doom to Fail. Today we're going to be re-releasing part two of episode one, where Fars tells us the terrible story, all of his stories are terrible, about Lori Vallow, her, I don't know, fourth or fifth husband, Chad Daybell, and the terrible things that they did to their children. We released this back in January of 2023, so I actually have an update on their case that I will tell you at the end. So please enjoy, and I'll see you on the flip side. In the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA09. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. super in love but ended up making her very successful which was you know always fun to see and then far as I'm gonna hand it over to you for give us something more recent give us some true crime relationships that that turned bad I'm like I'm nervous yeah let's get into true crime territory (laughs) you know Taylor I think you and I as well as a lot of our listeners would classify as PhDs in true crime and so the story I'm going to bring up I'm just going to ask you the top have you heard the name Lori Vallow before I have, yes. Ah, okay. So now you know why we're drinking water. I'll get into yeah. that a little bit little, in a moment. So my topic today is centered around Lori Vallow, uh, who I just find tremendously fascinating. I should start by saying that her and this person that she was married to that we'll get to, their trials have not begun yet. And so all the facts aren't out, but editorial stance, she did it. They both did it. So that's just going to go with that. Like the facts are, like, it's so abundantly clear that that, that is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the reason I'm really fascinated with um, this case in particular is my general fascination with the concept of family annihilators. Mm-hmm. And so family annihilators are people who, I mean, it's self-explanatory, right? They, they annihilate their families. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, maybe I'm being a wet noodle, but that just seems like very antisocial behavior to kill your entire family. I think um, I, no, no, of course. I think that I think that you're on on the right path with that. I think that as an al dente noodle is someone who does not murder their family. So we let's all stick with al dente. Okay, in, great. In that case, <laughs> um, because there's some situations where people are murderers, and I can completely understand. You know, you you catch your spouse with someone and you wipe them out. Don't do that, please. <laughs> but it's it makes a lot more sense. Family annihilation is incredible in, in, in its mm-hmm. ferocity and intensity and everything else. And what also makes this case really interesting is the, the general makeup of family annihilators. Mm-hmm. So this stat is from a 2003 uh, study I pulled up. So the numbers are going to be different now, but probably not within a huge statistical margin of error. Mm-hmm. So out of 71 family murders, 59 were perpetrated by men. So about 83%. percent hmm 95% of the perpetrators were both men and the heads of the household. So think daddy did it, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In this case, we're going to find out that that's not, gonna, that's not the situation. Um, so let's go ahead and set the stage. So Lori was born, Lori Noreen Cox, in June of 1973 in San Bernardino, California. I have nothing against people who've been married a bunch. Totally fine. I've been married and divorced. People get divorced all the time. It's totally acceptable. Totally. 
five times feels uh, like it feels like there's something going on underneath there yeah she's not like well i don't know she's not like a movie star right they get married like five or six times but like also like to this was that any of the same people like over and over again i think that's I, I find that fascinating when people like get divorced get married to someone new get divorced again and then remarry the person from before so it's like three marriages with two people but is it five separate guys <laughs> It's five separate guys. And I'm just going to start at the top by saying I could tell that Lori Vallow was probably an incredibly attractive woman in her youth. And a lot of people probably gave her a lot of attention. And so if your husband is a wet noodle, theme of the day, then it would be easy to continuously move on from person to person. Okay, well, so, okay, she's born in 1973. She's not like 100, but fine. Continue. She's not, a, no, no. I, okay. So let's let's go in, let's let's digest digest these marriages a little bit. So 1982, marries a guy named Nelson Gaines. 1982. 1992. Okay, I was like, she was nine, so that's bad. That's the red flag. Yeah, yeah. Big red flag. <laughs> 92. Okay. Uh, 1995, she marries someone named William Laguila. Okay. 2001. So that one actually lasted a decent amount of time. 2001, she married someone named Joseph Anthony Ryan, much to his bad luck. And in 2006, she married someone named Leland Charles Anthony Vallow. We're going to refer to this person by his name, Charles, because that's typically what the media calls him. And that's what he goes by in his family. And um, he's number four. He's number four. Okay. That guy died. Okay. 2019, she has her fifth marriage to a guy that we're going to be discussing here in a little bit. So she bounced around between marriages quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was Charles, I probably would have thought a little bit more about how many marriages had happened within that time frame. So if you're counting, mm-hmm. that is three marriages in nine years, which is, it seems, you know, again, not misfortunate anyone. And also it's worth noting, going back to the water component of our chat today, that Lori is also, she was also raised LDS, but mm-hmm. she was a Mormon. Mm-hmm. So marrying young, having a bunch of kids, it kind of goes with the territory. That kind of makes sense because, like, I guess if you if you think you're not allowed to like just like date someone, you have to marry them, you know. But yeah. God, there's so much paperwork, and it's just so expensive, and like it's exhausting. And to to Lori's credit, to whatever extent I can give her credit, um, husband number three was physically and sexually abusive, reportedly mm. to her and her kids. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, so there's 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 a whole host of problems. Did he die? So, yeah, he didn't, but he he got it in a different way that we'll we'll get to in a okay, moment. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. cool. So at some point, Lori decides that she's going to tell Charles that she's leaving him, and the circumstances under which she tells him definitely hint to some sort of mental break. So this is going to be the kind of punctuation point of Lori's just a free spirit to what the hell is going on with Lori type of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So in January of 2019, again, she's still married to Charles. She told him she didn't want to be with him anymore and that she was the reincarnation of Joseph Smith. For anybody listening who doesn't know, Joseph Smith was the, I'm just going to say, charlatan founder of the Church of Latter-day Saints, also known as Mormonism, which we are referring to here as LDS. Oh so she I'm, gonna say that, so. I'm gonna say that that that's a bit that's bigger to me than the divorce red flag is the I'm a reincarnated person. If you're Charles, you already got to the 
<laughs> you already got to this point because you ignored the divorce red flag. Oh my so, God. Um, which is really interesting because if you think about it, I thought reincarnation was uh, a Buddhism or a Hindu belief. And then she's LDS. I, I, you know, I'm, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but it, it's curious that she's blending and mixing and matching different faiths and belief systems here. Almost like not, none of them are true. And you can just- It's almost like mm-hmm. that, Taylor, just barely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Charles didn't love what he was hearing, clearly. <laughs> Uh, he tried to have Lori psychologically evaluated and yes, that didn't go over well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't take she didn't take to that shockingly. I can't find any information on what happens during this time. All I know is that she basically disappeared for 58 days. Just gone. Nobody knows where she was. Is At least on the reports I'm finding. Just she did kids? she did have kids. She's left them. Yeah, she left them. Okay. So so that's where we are with this. Um, okay. so a, a month later, Charles files for divorce. In the divorce filing, he claims that Lori threatened to kill him if he hmm. tries to stop her preparations for the second coming, the second coming of Jesus. Uh-huh. Five months Thanks. later, in July, and this, this is where it's just, it just blows my mind. In July, Lori's brother, his name's Alex Cox, he shoots and kills Charles, claiming self-defense. Yeah. At that just- time... These people are psychos. It's absolutely incredible. So at, th- at that time, the police accepted that. They were like, yeah, that's what happened. And they just like washed their hands a bit. But like, okay, can I ask some, can I ask some questions? What's, yeah. What state, what state, what gun happy state are we in right now? Arizona. Okay, um, makes sense. And what did he say? Like, what, what were they shooting at each other? I don't know. Was it like a shootout? How did he get, was he like, did he say he was like trying to kick me? So I shot him with my gun. Like, what kind of self-defense is that? So we're going to find out a little bit later that Alex, kind of a loose cannon. Okay. Alex didn't seem like he needed a lot of motivation to assault or kill somebody. Great. So I think we should definitely give him guns. I think I think that he passes that passes the test for me. Yeah. Give that man, well, give that man a gun. Yeah. This family, Lori's side of the family just sounds like a bunch of psychopaths. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. The part I was going to get to a little bit later, I'll dive into now, is that he also assaulted Lori's third husband. The details that are also a little bit murky, but apparently he tasered the shit out of this guy. Which like like that guy deserved it, right? That guy deserved it. Yeah, yeah. That that guy had it coming. So we're not super sad about that, but it's just the fact that this guy's first instinct in any situation is not talk about it, not do, it's just pull out either a taser or a handgun. And like, what weird, I mean, speaking of, I mean, this is speculation, but like, why is he a sister's protector in that weird way? You know, like. So I didn't write this in the outline, but apparently Alex and Lori were weirdly sexual with each other in front of people. There was Mm -hmm. one thing I read about um, from Alex's ex-wife who said that when Lori and him got together, he would pick her up in that like, Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams notebook Ew. way, you know, where he's like with the hands on the yeah. gas and like, and they, like <gasps> simulate like rubbing against each other. It was, Ew. they had a weird relationship. These people are not normal. That's not great. No, I'm ugh, ugh. okay. Not, yeah, not great. Um, great. Oh, God, I'm glad I asked because confirmed. Brett now you have it in your mind. At this point, we're going to rewind a little bit because we need to introduce another character who, okay. surprise, surprise, is husband number five. Four years before all this transpired, in 2015, Lori began reading a book by a guy named Chad Daybell, mm-hmm. which was self-published because, uh, of course, it was self-published, right? Very achievable goal. Very, very attainable, yeah. Yeah. 
the book was called Standing in Holy Places. Um, it was a series that he wrote. And I'm going to get into, I actually did read a bit of this book. And I'll tell you my opinion of that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah, not fun. Um, <laughs> three years later, they actually met in person for the first time at an event. This so she read his book and then met him later. Yes, yes, years later. Okay. Yeah, apparently she got into this. Like, like, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. The book is very end of times doomsday. So part of me thinks that like this, her getting into this book, it could have been innocuous, but like I pick books based on what the cover looks like. She probably did the same thing and she yeah. started reading it and all of a sudden she's like halfway through the series and she's like, oh, like now I'm thinking about the end times and all this. So, like, I feel like this 2015 interaction of like her getting the books and reading them, it kind of starts that whole process. And this is before she thinks she's Joseph Smith or after? Before. Okay. Yeah. 2015 book series starts 2019. I'm Joseph Smith and the second yeah. coming of Jesus is happening and I got to prep for it. So yeah, the name of the book, Standing in Holy Places, three years later, they met in person at that event. Apparently, like, the morals here are relatively lax. So they had a few liaisons after that interaction. Lori would have parties when Charles was out of town, Chad would be there, and then everybody would leave, and then he'd just kind of slink around and stay there. And mm-hmm. so they were, she, sure. she was basically cheating on yeah. And then, yeah, and then in November 2018, Lori and Chad actually appeared on a podcast together. So they, they became friends. Like they became acquaintances, right? Mm-hmm. I'll get to the podcast. I also I listen to say, the podcast. I think I've heard, I think I heard snippets of the podcast and it's, uh, it's continues, it continues the crazy, but I'm excited to hear more about it. It definitely continues the crazy. It sounds like the podcast producers also named the LDS sect that they will eventually be involved in. It's worth noting this is not mainstream Mormonism. Shockingly, the Mormon church has distanced themselves from these people and oh. this sect, right? Did, the did God was, tell them to? Yeah. Yes, Joseph Smith told them to. <laughs> it was ordained before you signed your checkbook over to distance yourself. So the podcast was produced by Preparing a People. The name of the podcast itself is Time to Warrior Up. I just Whoa. hate this dickhead language these people use. It's just so, it's like, you're not a warrior. Chad looks like a leather skin swinger from Florida. Like he's not like taking over the world or anything. Right. But they all have this vision of themselves. It blows my mind. It's interesting because it sounds like the name of the, the producer of the podcast, Praying People, is also the name of the sect that they belong to. It's hard to actually dig into the details here because I tried going mm-hmm. to their website and I tried researching the shit out of this. It's all shuttered. Like there is mm. no, like the, even the webmaster who created the website posted something on there saying, we're just going to remove this and go about our lives. Like we're not, we're, we're done with this at this point. <laughs> so that was, it, it was not true. Not, not true after all. Yeah, exactly. So going to the podcast again, I listened to it and the theme is just general religious, like nature, generous relig- religion and nature and the awakening to Jesus it segues in a prepper territory. There's talks of mm-hmm. the end time and preparing for the end time. They're just intense, stupid people. You know, it's it's like the worst combination of everything. It's having, it's like having drive, but your drive isn't to make the best sourdough bread. It's to just destroy the entire world or watch it be destroyed. It's awful. It's, I mean, have you read, obviously, like, I love Dan Carlin, uh, the history podcaster, like, love Dan Carlin more than more than more than anything and uh I read his book I've read it three years in a row around this time of the end of the year because it kind of like I don't know I feel like it sums up a lot of stuff and I wish it was written post 2020 because it does talk about pandemics but it's called the end is always near and it's uh about people have been doing this for fucking ever being like Forever. you know 
oh god jesus is coming or oh no blah 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 this is going to happen and then like scaring people to giving them their stuff and like making sure they're in power and it's just like such a thing over and over and over again yeah. so, so that's the interesting thing i don't think that these people there was no profit motive here these people it's not like they went off and did something great with it like you'll find out what they did with it it wasn't like there was some grand plan i also love that i wrote here in this outline that as i was listening to this podcast because there's pictures of them up as they're talking so you can see the face and the voice match up to each other and they're like mm-hmm. this stupid shit i literally wrote down small dick energy because it is exactly oh. what it is it's just just the worst of the worst totally. and the women are like ooh, right they're like yeah, loving it Ugh, yeah Lori's cheating on her husband with this fucking moron I hate to, look if your name is Chad I don't have anything against you but he was a Chad like yeah. let's be honest yeah. so and speaking of Chad so he had some really interesting beliefs obviously if I were to summarize him uh he's basically like he's like a sideshow Rouse about a con man he's a religious zealot mm-hmm. he probably owned a bunch of crystals we don't know for sure I'm sure he had some <laughs> gold chains that he wore with his like shirt wide open mm. Yeah, just not, just not a super appealing person. And on his belief system, he told people, this is where it doesn't totally make, jive with traditional LDS beliefs. He told people he lived on different planets. So there's some element of him being like this celestial being tied into hmm. all this religi- religious awesome. Like he had already said. done that? Yeah, yeah. So I think, I didn't write it down, but I think it was somewhere around 50 or so planets that he'd lived on. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he's been all over the map, apparently. He also had this habit, which was, it, it just, it speaks a little bit to what you said about, like, this, like, desire for power. Mm-hmm. He had this, he had this habit of categorizing people based on how light or dark they were, but not like, based on, like, their skin color. No, no, it wasn't cute. racist. Whew, it was I mean, based, yeah. It was it's not, not racist, but. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was arguably worse because it led to, like, a lot of death and tragedy, but. He was based off of how light or dark their energy was. And so if you had light energy, like you were in. If you had Mm -hmm. dark energy, then he just would would cast you out with just very, very interesting mentality there. He told Lori. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I also, I'm just, I just, I feel like this is the best planet out of 50. There's just no way. Like there has to be one better than this. Like one that's like. Like, why would you stay here if you had an option of, like, a bunch of other ones? Like, there's got to be one that's better, but continue. Yeah, if the multiverse is true, then the Jetson actually happened. And so yeah, you could be in a flying car. Yeah, like, why, um, why now? He also told Lori that she had lived 21 different lives. Just a lot of stupid shit. And apparently all worked on Lori, because clearly you'll see that she's very, very spent with this guy. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting. We're going to introduce another character in this story. Her name is Tammy. So in the middle of all this, and to literally nobody's surprise, Chad was also married at the time. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Chad bounced around a lot less, apparently. They were married for 29 years, so he was taking it seriously up until Mm -hmm. he didn't. Seven months after Charles is killed by Lori's brother, Alex, Mm -hmm. Tammy is found dead at her home. At the bottom of the staircase? That's my guess. (laughs) No, I think she was in the bathroom, actually. Ugh. Yeah. And this this part, again, blows my mind. It just shows how little people care. Uh, no autopsy was done because Chad, as her husband, was like, no, I don't want to autopsy. Just throw her body in a trench and we'll call it a day, basically. I mean, um, obviously, like, Lori was cool with getting divorced. Just fucking get divorced. Yeah. Like, don't kill people. I getting, don't like understand. You said, getting divorced is fine. Like, getting divorced a ton, maybe you should talk to a therapist. But, like, 
don't kill don't kill people. I do have my suspicions that Lori also had Alex kill the husband. So like mm-hmm. Lori's not yeah. So Lori, their lives were colliding in a way that was incredibly destructive at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do also want to I, I guess also Catherine the Great did have her husband killed. So, but that was like a whole yeah. that was a whole other thing, you know. Every, not, everybody was killing she, everyone back then. And she went on to do good things, so it wasn't you know, it could have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah. Could have been, you could have been married to uh, to uh, lawyer Chad yeah. here. Yeah. This part I found find like almost comical, although I shouldn't be laughing about it because it's tragic. So before she died, Tanny reported that someone tried to shoot at her <gasps> when she was in her garage, and she thought it was a paintball gun. I don't know, but I think she was delusional. Like a paintball gun leaves paint residue. None of which was, like, someone was trying to kill her. Like, this is right before yeah. she's found dead. I think, well, two, two quick two quick things. One, my dad did get shot by a paintball gun one time walking down the street, and he thought he was shot by a real gun because he, like, heard the gun go off. It hurt him, and he looked down, and he, like, had, like, a big uh, stain on his shirt, and it was orange. And his first thought was, oh, my God, I bleed orange. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. Um, we'll, 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 we'll give Tammy the benefit of the doubt. So, that, I think it was confu- it's confusing when you're under fire. But yeah, yeah, also, yeah. also for Christmas, my husband bought me a knife with my name engraved in it. So I can't use that knife to kill him because it has my name engraved in it. That's, that's exactly why he did it too, I'm sure. <laughs> so yeah, so obviously there's some parallels happening between Lori and Chad as they start to get closer to each other. Mm-hmm. And this is around the time that we should introduce the children of Lori <sighs> into the mix. So there are three. There's Colby Ryan. This was with hum- husband number two. He's at this point 27 years old. He's not relevant really to the story except for the initial involvement he had in trying to find the other two kids. So um, super cute. Like, I don't know that. I've not I seen this man's pictures. He's very cute. Continue. I just wanted to bring that up. Listeners, look up Colby Ryan and you can let us know if you also let think what Taylor okay. thinks. Colby was adopted by husband number three. That's why he has the same last name, Ryan, as the guy who was sexually assaulting, abusing, and hurting everyone, basically. Right. That's terrible. The other two are Tylee Ryan. She mm-hmm. was born to actually actually born to husband number three in 2002. Mm-hmm. And then JJ, who was born in 2012. Now, this was Charles Ballow's great grandnephew, who the couple then adopted as their own. So it was for whatever reason they didn't think the families could take care of them, and they adopted him as, as their own. So okay. On September 8th, Tylee was last seen at Yellowstone with Lori and Alex. Again, Alex is a psycho. Like, why are they taking this child alone into, like, a national... It just, like... He's already killed some. He's already killed Charles. Yeah, he's already killed Charles. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, again, like, I wrote down here, Lori's brother seems critical to all this stuff. Like, he obviously has incredibly violent tendencies, and now they're just going to go camping alone with this child. Yeah. A few weeks later, on September 24th, we're still in 2019, Lori mm-hmm. called JJ's school to tell them that he's being withdrawn to be home. We actually don't really know what happened between the 8th and the 24th. There were some discussions about neighbors seeing them packing a car late at night with stuff and, like, whatever. Like, there's, mm-hmm. again, the facts haven't come out yet, so mm-hmm. this is all speculative. On November 5th, Chad and Lori get married, and this, this part, again, just blows my mind how incredibly stupid these people are mm-hmm. um so this is this all this is, they get married two weeks after chad's chad's wife is found dead so red what? flag right like, oh my god like, wait a month 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, yes. Wait four weeks after the death. Of I'm going to say that's the minimum. Years. Yeah. 29 years. It's incredible. <laughs> so again, this is the part that blows me away. And this has been corroborated. So at the wedding, I guess like people were asking where the kids were. Mm-hmm. And they told them that Tylee was either dead as of 2017 or that Lori had no children at all. What? So this part, I know, cause I know, I know this part of the, partially the story, but like, I feel like I, as I want to be like, as a parent, this is crazy, but that's as a freaking human being, this is fucking crazy. You know, like I don't get nothing special for being a parent. Like I, what? That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like you're like, you're lying and you're like in the weirdest way possible. Like It's a strange, about? it's a very strange ploy to get out of the fact that you definitely killed these kids just like say they're with someone else oh they're with my friend beth i don't know like so they get around to that they get around to that but they get around that with the police not with everybody else but obviously all these facts just stack on top of each other again it's all circumstantial but you can deduce something out of this Mm -hmm. um this behavior so and then this is the part where it all kind of spirals into that scenario a few weeks after this marriage jj's grandma Kay. She called the police to conduct a welfare check on JJ. Mm-hmm. Lori, Lori then told the police the kid was away with a family friend. Her name's Melanie oh. Gibbs. Again, not to besmirch anybody. Melanie is also on these podcasts if you start looking them up. And mm-hmm. again, like just put the face to the voice and hear what they say and you'll reach your own conclusions about Melanie. These like doom, the, the, the doomsday podcasts? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think the podcast we're all taking down. So anything you find is going to be archived through um, YouTube. But still, right. it's worth just listening for a few minutes just to know that there's people like this that exist in the world. Oh, um, if, I need, if I need a little rage boost, oh, yeah. I will. Yeah. Police called Melanie and they were informed that she hadn't seen JJ in months. Mm-hmm. The FBI and local police went to search the house the next day only to find that it had been abandoned. Melanie later confessed to the police that Lori and Chad told her to lie to the police about the whereabouts of JJ. So basically, Lori and Chad called Melanie and was like, hey, people apparently are asking questions about these kids because, oh, my husband's dead at the hands of my brother, and now these kids aren't around, and people are being really suspicious about it. And so they're- Asking me like, like, like other people are annoying, you know, like, ugh. It's very, it's very Casey Anthony at the, the hot bod contest. It is very, very Casey Anthony of them. That is a great yeah. reference. We're going to throw yeah. that back. So around December, the police also become aware. So th- at this point, they're, on, they're, they're like, we just are looking for JJ. Because there is nobody else asking about Tylee. Because I guess Tylee's original dad and then later stepfather didn't really care what was going on with Tylee. And Lori obviously didn't care. And so this time, the police don't even know that Tylee's been missing. December is when they become aware that, oh, there's another kid involved here. What's going on with that one? Yeah. And so at that point, things start unraveling pretty quickly, which it should be because these people are complete idiots. The FBI started looking at Tanny's death more closely. They exhumed the body to conduct an autopsy. We actually don't know what the results of the autopsy are because officials never released that. It'll, I'm sure it'll come out during the trial. Um, That's nice because... that he didn't have her cremated. God, what an idiot. I mean, yeah, I'm if saying, like, if I'm... I murder someone, I'm going to have them cremated. That doesn't... That there's That's no... such a good point. Okay. It's, yeah. Well, you, you got that, listeners. If you kill someone, make sure you cremate them. Yeah. But, but don't kill anyone. As the investigation starts narrowing in on them, Lori and Chad 
decided to book it basically. They released a statement to their lawyers, which was the stupidest statement I've ever read in my life about they're just loving parents and just everything you would expect of people who are obviously guilty of doing horrific things. But, but, but I don't know where my kids are, but like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Just look at them. Look how happy they are. Look how free they look. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so on February 20th of 2020, Lori gets arrested in, I'm going to confess, my favorite vacation destination ever, Kauai, which is an island in Hawaii. Um, she was initially just charged for desertion and non-support of a child because nobody can find the kids. There's no body. There's no evidence of anything. We just know that it, there was kids and now there's no kids. There's also several misdemeanors that were tacked on her because she was apparently a huge pain in the ass to deal with for the police because it's obviously... Yeah, so she was extradited. And at this point, she was actually living in Idaho. And so she was extradited back to Idaho and held on $1 million of bail. On June 9th, a search warrant is executed on Chad's home and they find human remains. Mm. Chad is then charged with murder. And yeah, and on June 13th, it was confirmed that those remains belong to JJ and Kylie. Oh, poor so. babies. There you was can a, also just like leave at the fire station. Yeah, you can be a bad parent and like get your kids taken away and they go into foster care, which is like not great, but better than being dead. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a part of this that when so apparently Alex and Chad were on the property at some point and Chad texted Lori that I just buried a rac I buried a raccoon or something. Like we don't know what any of this means, but it's again, it sounds like Alex was involved in all this stuff. And so, yeah, that's where things mostly um, stopped. There was a lot of legal shuffling that happened. Charges were dropped, others were added, bail went up, bail went down. Lori actually was found at one point to be completely incompetent to stand trial. And then later on, that was reversed. It's very interesting. I mean, initially, I mean, you can tell that she's not well. I mean, she believes in some pretty crazy shit and she killed her kids. So like, yes. And I, editorial stance, I do think she was involved in killing the husband as well. So the trial was originally set for January of 2023. Uh, so it was about to happen. Then that date was canceled and it's supposed to be moved up to some date that we do not know yet. This is kind of a crazy story. There's so many things going on that we haven't covered. So there's another piece of this. Again, this family is absolutely incredible. Other facts that came out in the middle of all this was that Lori's nephew-in-law was shot at by someone driving Charles Vallow's car after Charles had died. It's just like... What? Yeah. And, and, and then Alex, the crazy brother, he died suddenly in 2019. What? Like, after after all these deaths presumably happened, it was attributed to natural causes, but there's so much... Like, there's so much death surrounding this family. It's just, yeah. it's just kind of nuts. You know, he- I... Yeah. You. so no justice for that guy but he should have he should have been in jail for a long time because he killed someone but i guess he, i don't even know if, would he ever been in trouble because they already were like oh it was self-defense for whatever reason so i guess well he they never tried him so it would have been like a double jeopardy situation so they could have yeah. later on discovered it they you know if they actually gave a shit they could have looked at phone records and knowing how smart these people are Lori was probably texting like charles in the front, yeah, yeah. yeah charles in the front yard nobody's around make sure you put it to his temple you know what i mean like oh yeah like, they would have figured something out good job practicing shooting at tammy in the garage you know when i was when i was going through and just like researching this family and going all the way in the weeds on this it occurred to me and the analogy i came up with was this is basically as if the bluth family from arrested development 
and the Firefly family, family from House of a Thousand Corpses came together. Like they're psychopaths, they're also bumbling and stupid. It's like a mm-hmm. weird mix of both. Um, right, and they just like believe whatever they want to believe. I just, do we know how the kids died? We don't, we don't, we don't know anything. Yeah. It just they, makes me so sad because, I mean, obviously this is like so sad for the kids, but like, wow, what were they telling the kids? You know, like imagine like living in a house where your parents are like, or whoever, or your mom is like, blah and like the world's gonna end and i'm don't worry because i'm reincarnated blah 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 like do you you believe them i guess because you believe your parents like that's you know as a kid you're like okay so like were the kids afraid like were they together when they were killed did they know hopefully they didn't it's just like i always like go to the worst case of imagining them like being afraid before they died yeah you know and like that just oh that just like makes me sick i can't imagine yeah it's the it's the trust they put in their parents and then hopefully hopefully not knowing what the hell is going on before it happens yeah yeah so so yeah i think you know i kind of went into conclusion mode here um again because the trial has been set a lot of the details are still you know up in the air i i honestly think that the moment this relationship was doomed to go this direction was when she started getting when started just even getting reading Chad's books and then mm. because if it wasn't Chad I think it would have been someone else if mm. it wasn't because she started thinking like a like just I, the worst version of like an anti-vaxxer out there like she just started yeah. like putting these pieces together for herself and if it wasn't Chad I really do think they would have just done it with someone else they had do a, her? I do think so my take on it is that they had some sort of a positive validation feedback loop between each other. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't say this, but Chad and Tammy, they created that company and had been around for a while. They did the self-publishing. They published all kinds of books. It wasn't just theirs. Okay. So but, Tammy like also was kind of crazy. You, uh, well, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, I'm saying like, she believes like this, this like doomsday end of the world stuff that they're talking about. And so like, so Tammy's not like, oh, my husband's going crazy. She's like, no, we're fine. This is what we always done. Yeah, basically. But, but, but my point on that is that for 29 years, well, I don't know how long the, the publishing company was around, but they were married for 29 years. So Chad was apparently together enough to hold a marriage together for 29 years, which I haven't done before. And then on top of that, they started and ran this company where Tammy was like the CFO and he was the CEO and they had like employees and staff yeah, and they were yeah. publishing con- like. I don't know who was the driving force, but it feels like when they came together, they fueled each other. Yeah. Yeah. In a really bad way. Yeah. Um, so, okay. and again, I, this is this another thing that's like, this one's really, really interesting to me. So in March of 2020, after everything happened with Chad and Lori, they're in jail. There's a guy named Brandon Bordreau. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. He had a child custody dispute with his wife, Melanie Pawlowski. I'm doing great here. Beautiful. Brandon is Lori's niece's ex-husband. So think of Lori's sibling as a niece, and then okay. that is the ex-husband. So in the filing, Melanie told Brandon that she was concerned for the kids because Lori and Chad believe, quote, their children are possessed and had become zombies, end quote. So this isn't a court filing for a custody battle that had nothing to do with this. This is the part that, you know, this, this is gonna be incredible, okay? So it goes a little bit further. In the filing, literally, they handed this to 
a clerk of the court. Um, it defines zombies. It defines zombies, and this is all quotes, human bodies that have had their original spirits forced from them and have been possessed by either a demon, a disembodied spirit, or a worm or a slug, end quote. The worm and slug part, I don't really get. No, that makes no sense. What are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Fascinating. They, they said that about other people's children? No, they said that about their own children. I don't know what the relevancy of that is in this child custody battle. Maybe mm. it has to do with like Brandon's judgment of bringing his kids to Chad and Lori's house to hang out after they right. like, right, right, killed their kids. Right. Oh, also because um, that part I remember from this story is like, they would be like, oh, you know what? I have bad news. Fars is a zombie. And they'd be like, oh no. And then like, think that you were a zombie. Yeah. I, but I didn't, I didn't realize the particulars of how you got there. It's not, it's not rise from the dead. It's, there's a worm. I'm a worm now. Or slug. Well, the spirit is the worm or the slug. I mean, look, we're already like so far past. Like, it's just like, right. yeah. So I actually tried to read another one of the books that Chad produced. It's called The Great Gathering. Mm-hmm. And it's in the same series. It's the same series that Lori got obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not religious, so I don't actually totally understand this stuff, but it really seems that you have to be essentially a super Mormon to even follow along. It almost reads like mm-hmm. the Bible of like, and then Ezekiah of Jerusalem sure. with like, it's just it, name after name. It's just such mm-hmm. drab bullshit. I can't, I mean, I just see a lot of like carpet in their house. I don't know why, but they probably had a lot of carpet, just like crosses mm-hmm. hanging everywhere. It just probably had like a really fucked mm-hmm. up vibe to it. Um, I live, very- I live, laugh, love sign. I'm like. No, barn. no, it's it's it was probably more like kill the zombies sign and like <laughs> had a dagger through it or and like a beautiful font, yeah, yeah, and a beautiful, yeah, just absolutely wackadoo. And, and the book itself was obviously very end timey. Um, it's all about the battle of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but here's the thing about it that I found interesting was that it wasn't metaphysical. It wasn't like some ethereal like good versus evil concept of like the nature of good versus evil. It felt physical, physical. It felt like this is happening and then you, here are right. the mechanics of what you do to combat it not like prepare your mind for the ultimate battle no that shit like it was, mm-hmm. it was very like very literal yeah. yeah very literal it just seemed very matter of fact the way they framed it mm-hmm. so taylor what's your take i'm so sad i'm so sad for those poor kids um because they didn't deserve to have these crazy fucking parents and and the the thing that is just the thing that really I think is a red flag for like after all all said and done is all of that weird like oh I never had a daughter or oh she has been dead for years or like oh I don't know JJ must be somewhere like that kind of like callous casual lying is so crazy like it's like you're crazy like you can't like that that doesn't make any sense that you can like say that out loud and like look at people in the eye and say that like something is very very wrong so that I think is like I feel like good job to people who like called the police and stuff because they're they're like this is not this is crazy you know I don't know any other word to say it but like that 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 amount of lying is so weird so like what else did she do her whole life you know that like was like that um yeah like Look, if I don't want to answer a question, I just, oh, like there's the buffet. I got to get like more shrimp. You know what I mean? Like, find a yeah. different way 
to deflect, but just like sitting there with a stone cold face saying, this kid's been dead for three years. It's just, it's just, mm-hmm. other, like other world Yeah. Yeah. And then like on her wedding day, two weeks after the freaking other wife died, I can't believe people went to that wedding. That's also crazy of their friends, because I feel like if, you know, if that happened, I'd be like, I feel like my friend Chad is getting married too soon. I'm going to maybe back out of this one or like not be involved in the celebration because his wife was just murdered or died of whatever causes. I'm hot now. I'm taking my, sh- my shirt because I'm just angry. I'm just, I'm just sad. Taylor is just taking off her jacket, not her shirt for the record. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, my, my outer shirt. Um, But I'm, I'm hot and bothered because I'm so sad. And just like, it's so frustrating because it's like, for what, re- for what purpose was all this? Like you're saying, like, if I'm not going to be super rich, then like, what was it for? Like, why, why? Like, you're not prepared for the end of the world because that's not true. And also like, you didn't have, you don't have a lot of stuff. And like, I don't know, it was just like, like you said, like ego, ego loop feed each other with it. And like, I'm sure he fucking loved that this like cute little blonde woman was like, I love your book. Wait a minute. Oh, I know the as a male, I can attest that when women feed our egos, it, you can do pretty much anything after that. Yeah. Um, so, again, you know me. You know that I'm very respectful towards everyone's belief system. But I do think that Mormonism played a pretty big part of this. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand Mormonism, you have to make multiple leaps of faith to mm-hmm. get behind it. Yeah. And also, I think that it puts you in this infantized state of mind where you're like, to your point, you don't date. You just immediately get married to the first guy because you're mm-hmm. horny and you need to like just figure it out. I think I think Lori in general, because of the way she was raised, had to suspend a lot of disbelief. Yeah, totally. And then I think that her introduction to Chad was just the catalyst that took over the train when the conductor jumped off. You know, in, her, in his mind, Chad was the was God's warrior. And I think that to someone like Lori, that is believable because she's believed right. so much to to that point. Um, right. If you already th- if you already believe some stuff, then like like you remember that abducted in plain sight movie, yeah, you know, where like the guy told the girl there were aliens after them and all this stuff, and she's like, I already believed in all these like fanciful religious stories, so like why wouldn't I believe that? You know, exactly, exactly is, that. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, I for guess- everyone. I guess the lesson for me at the end of all this is that if two people with the same brand of crazy meat, maybe slow your roll. Talk yeah. to someone. If your friends are telling you things, listen to them. Mm-hmm. Although I never do that. But as a general advice and guidance okay. to everybody else, please do it. Um, so that's it. That's our first episode. Yeah, I also want to say fail. don't don't kill don't kill your children at the very bare minimum. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, or anyone ever. I mean, like, maybe kill your husband if he's a shitty emperor and you have better ideas. Like, <laughs> potato, potato. But, like, don't kill your children. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Spouses, take some. You know. Children, not so much. Case-by-case basis. Children, no. Awesome. Well, I think Sorry. that's it. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for joining. And if you have any red flag tales of your own that you'd want to tell us, please send us an email at so hi everyone i hope you enjoyed uh, part two of our first episode the little update that i have for you is Lori vallow was sentenced to life in prison which is great because she's awful 
During her sentencing hearing, she said some crazy shit uh, and like a statement that she was allowed to make. She said that her kids are grown up and happy in heaven. They visited her. They told her that they're fine, not to worry about them. Jesus visited her, told her she did a good thing. Everything's fine. And she also quoted that um, Bible verse where it's like, thee who has no sin cast the first stone, which is like, not about killing your children, Lori. Um, she's absolutely bananas, and luckily she will be in prison for the rest of her life. Chad Daybell, he has not been sentenced yet. His sentencing is set for April 1st, 2024. Hopefully he gets um, the same, get, gets life in prison because he's he's a bad guy. So that's our update to that awful story. We're, we're still so sad for those poor little babes that did not deserve this. Um, Stay tuned. We have a brand new episode for you Mondays and Wednesdays. And then next Friday, we'll see you for part one of episode two when we do that re-release. Thanks for listening. And make sure to follow us on all the socials at Thanks.